Welcome to the Be Real Podcast. I'm Diana Gasparoni. I'm a visionary psychotherapist, CEO, and founder of Be Well Psychotherapy and Be Her Programs. I am Ednisha Salisbury. I am a therapist, speaker, trainer, and co-creator of Black Woman Be Whole. Each week, we will talk about the journey of mental health wellness. We will talk about why your mental health is just as important as your physical health and the connection that being mentally well has on all areas of your life. We will be interviewing psychotherapists, doctors from both Eastern and Western disciplines, authors, change makers, thought leaders, and more. Our mission is to bring you information that is both thought provoking and encourages you to look closer at your mental and emotional well-being. We give you tips and insights to taking the next steps. If you have already gotten into the door, we'll get you to go a little deeper. Each week, we're going to have real conversations, helping you work through your mental wellness questions and reminding you that you are not alone. Mental wellness is our passion. We practice what we preach. It is our mission to touch as many souls as we can with this content and leading you to a place of mental clarity and well-being. So for the next hour, let's work together, lay back on the couch and get real. Well, hello. And welcome back to Be Real. It's me, Diana. And you know, I'm here with my girl. That would be me. That would be I, you. Every, that would every be me. Friday, I'm here girl. Every week. <laughs> yeah. It's me and you hanging out every Friday. Super psyched today. It is the mini sode with one of our own, which is really super fun when we get to bring in people from Be Well. Good morning, Dr. Rodriguez. Oh, I cannot get enough of that. <laughs> Good morning. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you this morning. So we're going to talk a little bit about, we know what you do at Be Well, because we know that you're a therapist at Be Well, but you just got a a big fat doctorate, which Anisha and I talk about on the regular. (laughs) Getting the idea of being Dr. Gasparoni is just like, oh, I would just love it. I don't have the patience though. I'm very impressed. But you uh, tell us, just jump in and tell us a little bit about yourself, anything you want, and then we'll get into the work that you do. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you for that. Um, I know I'm still getting used to to being called doctor when I am. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I did, did do that. <laughs> so yeah. it's still, I'm still getting used to it too, but, but thank you for that. Just kind of some of my background at Doctor in strategic leadership, also kind of have, have master's in social work. Um, I'm a licensed social worker, a psychotherapist now. Um, I've worked in healthcare uh, in hospitals, I would say, for the great majority of, of parts of my career, which is about 14, wait, yeah, 14 years at this point. Uh, so it's, it's kind of just kind of creeps up on you. That's like a small child. But um, 14 years, 15 years or so, yeah, in, in healthcare, um, I work at administration at Mount Sinai, um, do some work there with the Department of Social Work Services, a lot of data analytics and kind of pull for my doctor in that regard too, because it's a lot of, you know, filtering data and and kind of really figuring out how to, you know, patient outcomes and, and better patient care and really kind of try to translate that in all areas in terms of just kind of, uh, you know, what I can even build in my practice, right, um, with, with my patients, just in terms of really recognizing those things that are going to make their lives easier and better and kind of how to how to kind of mold my practice to fit other people other than that I'm a, a big runner uh I do have my running coach certification I've run a few marathons kind of keeps me on my toes it's been a great kind of stress release through through the pandemic for me personally um so I try to kind of stick on top of that so yeah that's in a nutshell and for my creative outlet I like to do some things with fashion styling that's that's a whole separate entity whole separate part of my brain but I really feel like the creative piece does help 
um, problem solving and kind of new strategically look at things differently. So I kind of like to have that creative outlet as well. That's it. I mean, that's it. (laughs) That's it. That's all I do. I got a few degrees. I, you know, I've been working in hospital administration for like 14 years. I'm a therapist on the side. I'm a run a coach on the side. (laughs) I'm a stylist. I'm a stylist. Yeah. I'm just really basically just sitting around binging Netflix and eating popcorn. I don't know. I don't know what you're thinking. Well, it's super impressive. You know, I'm just being funny. We're really excited to dig into this work that you've done with your academic work, which is now like we've got the doctorate. I'm going to say it like 3,000 times. (laughs) Get it. That's great. We're going to get it. We're going to get you the t shirt that says, I am officially Dr. Rodriguez. Can you talk, just speak a little bit about or to what the research was and what it is? So yeah, I would say my coursework, it, it kind of varied in different ways. So it's the, it's the doctorate in strategic leadership, but that encompassed, you know, kind of various entities. So in part, it's a lot of, you know, just the business stuff, like how do you build up an organization um, on a practical sense? Like, what are the goals? How do you, you know, appropriately plan? Um, how can you build an effective business strategically so that, you know, your outcomes kind of weigh out or, you know, met, keep up with your goals and kind of what you want to do for that. And then also on the side of that, or in, in addition is, you know, to build successful organizations, you do have to have um, leaders that are grounded in effective leadership skills that, you know, they can be emotionally intelligent, that they, you know, can think innovatively, um, that they can kind of harness the situation and take into account those that are working for them or that those they're leading to really kind of build an organization to the, to the most efficient, to the most efficient point that it can be. So yeah, it's, it's a it's kind of a combination of building a business, but to build a business, you have to you know build up leaders and make sure that they are you know able to lead in the best way that they can and and really use those skill sets to to bring people together and reach outcomes. How did you come to the point where you wanted to kind of marry the two parts of your life, right? Because I know that you have the MSW, the Masters in Social Work. So do you wanted to do the social work and then kind of do the business side of things as well? How did you kind of come to that place where you wanted to marry the two ideas? Yeah, so that's interesting. So I always, I mean, it, it started off in social work, new, I mean, even from like a little, little wee one, a little child, I remember being like, oh, psychology just sounds really interesting. And, you know, it took some turns as we all do kind of in our lives and our careers, some things happen, other things don't, and you kind of like have this trajectory of your life. And, you know, I, I always knew I wanted to, kind of, you know, work in, in a, a therapist perspective and, and kind of do that, that work. And, and now very fortunate to be able to do that. But on the side of that, you know, working with patients and kind of doing that, that therapy work and, and understanding the mental health parts, um, I always had this inclination or this, this interest in the business side of things. How do you build a business? How do you create uh, an organization? How do you give tools, uh, individuals, uh, leaders, entrepreneurs, those tools to do it? And I think they're very related in the sense of like, in some aspects, leadership coaching and psychotherapy, you're digging deep, you're kind of figuring out what is that person's, I guess, areas, potential areas for improvement, or how can this individual grow? grow? So, I mean, in therapy, maybe looking, you're definitely looking a little bit deeper <laughs> to get to get <laughs> some of those in, in both. You know, some of the things even that come up, and I've noticed in some of my clients is, or, you know, patients is that, you know, sometimes some of those barriers um, are, are related, are they're all connected. Um, so it's, it's kind of marrying the two just seems like a, a good way to, you know, you can't build a business without having effective leadership. You can't be an effective leadership if you don't know yourself. 
so the coaching and the therapy kind of, I don't know, in my head all connects in a lot of different ways. <laughs> I love the fact that I don't know if your clients know when they come to you, like exactly what they will be getting, right? Like they come to you for psychotherapy, not realizing that you have this experience as a business coach, right? And you can help them with that also. Do you see that kind of showing up in the room with some of your clients? With some of them, definitely I do. Um, some do kind of have as part of just kind of their journey and kind of where they're at, where their space is. A lot of uh, conversations do involve career. Uh, mm-hmm. If they do manage or lead uh, individual, other, you know, and their individuals are, are kind of, um, they're in that, in that space to do so. Um, or if they're even kind of managing different programs and stuff. And interesting enough, some of those skill sets kind of that do come up even in leadership discussions or, or the, the kind of coaching discussions filter into other areas of their life that also make it easier. So for one client, for example, there was a lot of communication and they can effectively communicate in certain ways at work, but then at home, it was not like connecting, but some, then they found that some of those skill sets they could use in the workplace, they could also use at home um, in, in some ways. Um, but then also you building those things in the workplace and kind of filtering that and like re- recognizing how to communicate, especially when there was points of maybe frustration um, or things that weren't going as well, learning to do that. Like also they translated in both places. So yes, to your point, I went kind of running about, but yes, it comes up in the room <laughs> and, and, you know, kind of mold it to that, to that person, you know, in whatever way they want. I think so many clients come to us not realizing why I can show up one way in my personal life, but I show up very differently at work. And sometimes people show up as stars at work. And when they come home, it's like, maybe they're just, I don't know, it feels like they're just tired and they just kind of turn it all off. They're Mm -hmm. not able to kind of communicate with their mate and with their families because they are doing just so much at work. Like so much energy is being put out when they're at work. And when they get home, they kind of, it's, It just feels like they're done, you know, and then they come to us and we're able to kind of talk through that. And what is that like? So I love how you've kind of married the two and you're able to help clients in this very special way. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's um, personally brings me, you know, great uh, joy and satisfaction to kind of be able to like, oh, this is what you already have. Like, let's use that and leverage it and build it up. And then, you know, ideally there's a more, you know, overall mental health is just better for that individual. Uh, We had a side conversation and Victoria and I, Dr. Rodriguez and I are talking and um, I would really like to expound on it a little bit more here because one of the things for, and I'm thinking I'm talking about myself. Shocking. <laughs> um, but as an entrepreneur, when we were having the, what I find for me and know this from talking to other women who female entrepreneurs like myself, who management is one part of it, but leadership is different. Like how you manage, like managing the bit, managing a business but the lead, the skills to be a leader. And that I think being able to effectively communicate what skill sets and being able, having somebody who can support that conversation is, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the idea of teasing those pieces out because I know that that is my struggle, like where my identity is as a leader. And I, I enjoy being a leader. Don't, don't get me wrong, but it, it, how to uh, be supported in that role. So I want to, I want to know more. I want to bring it out, bring all the, all your work out into the world <laughs> for all sorts of things. Being supported as a leader 
and being supported as a manager, like managing building systems, doing those kind of things are like fun and like you're down and digging in it. And like that, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff can be super fun, but then emerging in front of your group or whatever, whatever business it is or whatever, how many people and like showing up as a leader and being able to stay in that space is it's a challenge knowing that this, that it is being looked at this deeply warms my heart. I love that kind of thing. Just warms my heart. And the, your approach to the work is really special. I just wanted Thank to give you. that little shout out. And Anisha, you were saying? Yeah, I wanted to know if you can kind of give us a few tips how to kind of take care of your personal mental health as a leader. What would you suggest? So no, yeah, I think it is. It's, I mean, there's, it's, again, I have to kind of caveat that with like, since we all are unique individuals and leaders mm-hmm. are each unique individual people, you know, might look different or show up differently depending on, you know, what works for for that specific person and what their needs are and what the needs are, you know, what kind of they have to maybe put more emphasis on to make sure that they can effectively lead their their team or whomever they're leading. Because to Diana's point, it's management and leadership are definitely, you know, two different things. They come together often, but they, you know, can be different. So in ways to take care of of yourself as or kind of your mental health as a leader, I think first kind of recognizing your feelings. It's really kind of taking that step back, uh, really effective skill set of leaders is to have high emotional intelligence to use, you know, so it's leveraging that self-awareness, leveraging that like kind of ability, that empathy that you give others. It's, it's kind of turning it inward and giving it to yourself, leveraging that self-awareness and really kind of recognizing, okay, this is, I am stressed. I'm not feeling right. This is, you know, for whatever reason, just not, not going the way you kind of anticipate, or you're not feeling kind of in the workplace and maybe beyond because it can, you know, be related. Um, you're seeing those changes in your work, in your, in your behavior, in your mood. Um, so it's recognizing that and recognizing within that, like, you know, trigger points, if there's specific entities that come up at work that kind of maybe you break a sweat into, I don't know, like, or, or just kind of, you know, feel your heart racing or just kind of, you know, maybe certain interactions with certain individuals in the workplace kind of make you a little bit more, um, you know, heightened, heightened stress. It's again, just kind of really taking a step back and recognizing, okay, what might be impacting my mental health? What might be triggering that? Then it's opening up about your mental health and, and specifically in the workplace. I think, you know, with for leaders, they really have to successful leaders are able to build, you know, trust um, and they're able to, you know, show that they're authentic and they're, you know, able to communicate kind of what they're feeling effectively so that others or those that they're leading can, you know, filter off that fine relatability. Um, To be an effective leader, it really is about building trust with your teams and those that you lead so that there is this kind of seamless interactions, if you will. Um, and also, you know, if, if, if I'm just a business person, you know, even like if your followers or, or those you're leading kind of can get that feeling of trust, get that feeling of rapport, get that feeling of authenticity from you, they are more likely to produce better work outcomes, right? Because they're going to feel satisfied in those relationships. They're going to feel that they can go to their leadership. Um, and they're likely to again produce more of the outcomes of the organization aside from their interactions with their, with their leaders. I think leaders really need to make sure that, you know, I mean, this is kind of relevant for everybody, but especially in leadership is, is to kind of see where your pockets of bandwidth can kind of expand or, or what, what can you leverage in your life to, to make sure that you have that additional bandwidth. So like making sure your basic needs are met, sleeping, eating healthy or just eating, you know, emails <laughs> and staying, staying fueled, um, you know, staying hydrated, which is very important and, you know, getting movement and exercise it, it's, I think any of us or a lot of us can potentially attest to if like 
if we're presented with a stressful situation and we haven't had a good night's sleep or we are not or we're hungry, we're likely to have less mental health, uh, like resiliency or less psychological reserve to deal with that situation. If we know we have to show up for others, not just ourselves, it's really important to kind of just make sure that you have, I guess, a healthy routine or healthy lifestyle established. And the best way that you can, that might mold and look different based on the, you know, external factors. Um, you know, sometimes it is hard to get, you know, maybe the same amount of sleep that you want, but like prioritizing that, I guess, is, is the the big thing so that you can have that additional bandwidth to kind of deal with some of those things. So yeah, with that, it is it is setting yourself up for successful routines and, and those healthy habits that you know are maybe going to effectively lead you or give you the additional bandwidth and resiliency to, to, to be a good leader and be there effectively for your teams. I think having, and again, this can really can translate to a lot of different groups, but Having, I guess, those tools in your tool belt, if you will, if there's a really stressful situation and you know that people are going to be looking at you, it's, you know, separately leaders need to un like recognize that their behaviors are noticed, right? Um, that they need to kind of, you know, effective leaders can role model positive behaviors so that those can be seen by ideally those that they're leading. Recognizing like as a leader, I am being watched <laughs> in some ways and people are looking to me for my expertise, I need, need to kind of, what can I do to make sure I'm role modeling what I want my team to kind of also take suit of? So if things are going to make me overwhelmed, it's recognizing what those points are and having those strategies. Like maybe you, you meditate for a few minutes before you go into a meeting that you know triggers additional stressors, or you're going to meet with someone that you know, maybe someone on your team is not affecting or is not performing in a way. And you're like, I have to have a conversation with them that stresses me up. You know, like what are ways to kind of minimize the stress going into those types of things and you know it's just a random example but <laughs> to, to kind of give some feedback of that and then I think not isolating or withdrawing and this goes beyond um, beyond the workplace it's you know talking about what's affecting you if, if work is the main stressor in your life is, as a leader and you're just like you know what's all of this leadership stuff going on it's you know maybe talking with friends and family outside of the workplace to kind of you know in some ways vent but also just to kind of offset some of that all of that stuff that you're carrying that heavy stuff um, and recognizing that you know there is a space that you know you know it, it is okay to kind of talk about those things and then seeking professional help you know uh, therapy is it's 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 extremely beneficial it can kind of help you be a, a better leader so whether it be individual or group or you know in in some type of group setting or you know, whatever you know support group whatever works for that individual whatever they feel comfortable with that can really open up a whole nother way of looking at, you know, themselves and their stressors and, and kind of give them those tools or brush off those tools that will make them a better, um, a more effective leader. You've given me so much food for thought. <laughs> really? I'm like taking notes over here. I'm like, oh, right. Well, <laughs> well, I think one of the things that is most benefit when I, and I, when I hear you say it, and it's such a nice reminder, it is remembering your role as a leader, that people are looking up to you and like following your lead. And I think that that like, and that I think is where I get where I'm saying that management and leadership are so much different, right? Like you can manage and you can make things happen, but it is the way that you show up in the room or in the, like in the conference room or on the zoom room or wherever it is, it's the way that you show up. That is, um, that's a mirror. You want it to be a mirror for your organization and for your role or whatever the case may be. And it's, um, and to bring, to be able to bring the tools uh, of psychotherapy into that, into that conversation that you're having, that you're starting, Victoria is so, um, where the self-awareness comes from. It's amazing. 
quickly. So we talked about the leaders, but what can leaders do to really help the mental health of their employees or those um, they lead? <laughs> <laughs> right. Question of the day. So, right. It is a kind of a, a it gets you rolled, uh, you know, right. You, an effective leader can. First off, I think, again, just kind of prefacing or, or pushing that point hope forward of like, you can't really lead from half an empty cup. So it's really just, again, measuring, making sure that, that you're mentally sound and you kind of have those, those things in place as a leader. And then it's going into, you know, kind of those you lead. And I think the one of the most important things that any leader or any business can do is, is to break stigmas, um, to really kind of create that space in the workplace or create that space um, with those that you lead there where, you know, they, they feel comfortable um, and enable to to go to to talk about their mental health, to talk about their life stressors, to talk about those things that are going on um, that might be affecting their their mental health, and to kind of really set the stage. And, and again, as a leader, this is where it comes is an important entity of, of of opening up about our own experiences and and you know kind of role modeling what we're doing to take care of ourselves because that also assists in breaking those stigmas. That like you know what you know mental health is something that everyone has, right? And that's gonna be it's gonna be good, it's gonna be bad, it's gonna kind of maybe go through like a roller coaster of changes depending on on the, the stressors in that individual's lives. So really kind of just acknowledging and, and sharing with people that, you know, it's okay to to have these stressors, to have these things, to not be in the best mental health. And so that they can kind of promote them to take action to what they can do about it. Right. Um, so with that, I think, you know, breaking stigmas comes with listening to your team. I think leaders need to kind of create, a, again, create that space where they're really getting feedback and quality and quality feedback or ideal as quality as, as that can be with, with that individual or with the group, but really listening, like leaders, listen, you can't know how, what you're going to kind of, unless you're taking feedback, you're not going to know how to like what things to put into place to reach kind of goals to better mental health for your team. So whether that's through one-on-one -on -one conversations or, you know, check-ins, having an open door policy, maybe you have office hours, certain points of the day um, or surveys. Um, you know, some companies might send just regular checkup surveys to kind of better uh, access or assess um, what are the the needs, what are the stressor points in in their in the population that they're or in their in the individuals that they're leading. And that's where it kind of comes to tracking that feedback. <laughs> a lot of leaders, a lot of business people, you know, we like to see trends, right? So you can also <laughs> do this with the mental health and stressors. Like if you really want to, before you can put an appropriate plan in place, it's really understanding, engaging where the holes are, what's really affecting your team. Anything that comes with, you know, not making assumptions also and not thinking that you automatically know what the needs are your team. It's listening to them and taking what they're telling you and reviewing what they're telling you or giving you so that you can put those appropriate programs or, you know, change those appropriate, those policies that need to be changed, make those, you know, adjustments in the workplace that are going to better your team specifically, because every team is different across variations of, of, of you know, sectors. And then it's providing resources, right? And those can be both proactively and as intervention. So it's, you know, providing education um, to, to, to in the workplace about mental health, um, helping people recognize things that might affect them, you know, being flexible and, you know, adjusting, you know, if somebody needs to maybe adjust their schedule because of their specific needs, maybe it's being open to that and adapting to them and adapting to their needs, you know, and then it's making sure that they have the ability to obtain other resources if they need it. Does their insurance, does the insurance be, uh, um, cover therapy? Is there an employee 
maybe there's um, an employment assistant program. Maybe there's like weekly talks or workshops or wellness elements and um, that can help kind of uh, give people the awareness of mental health. Um, and I think it's also recognizing too and tracking the feedback and listening to your team and, and putting in resources. It's like even those that are not necessarily mental health related can affect mental health. Maybe you put a childcare program in if, if a lot of people are saying that the stressor is that they can't find childcare. It's like kind of figuring out what are other things and other things that can be implemented so to ideally offset those things that can affect mental health and need people and have people need more services specifically for you know to mitigate those stressors. I really hope that the listeners are taking notes because I think that you've given some really amazing examples. Um, and one of them I was just thinking is just like you said, just mental health coverage. Ensure that you know your place of employment has coverage, so people know that it's there, and it's not just an open enrollment that we're talking about. About it, but we're always talking about it. So people are aware and it's not, and it doesn't have that stigma and that shame attached to it. So that EAP program, which is confidential, is just so important. So I really hope that people are taking notes because you gave some really great examples. Thank you for that, Victoria. Oh, thank you, Nisha. I appreciate it. I hope they're, I hope they're helpful. <laughs> oh, I took a lot of notes. <laughs> <laughs> they were, except I was like, oh Lots my goodness. Notes. Oh, okay. All right. I got some, I had some, I got some stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> and that means I've done my, uh, I've done my due diligence in, in being here You've today. done an amazing <laughs> job. I really, it's so, there's such nice reminders too, as someone who's always looking for different ways to create anything that will potentially create an environment where, uh, the, people who work there will thrive. I'm always looking for reminders and these kinds of things. And so I'm grateful for, I took all these very, I'm very excited about my notes. Um, uh, but we've come to the end of our little mini-sode, but we're going to end it with our last hurrah because this, yes. this is how we do things around here. Oh, Dr. Vicki, go ahead. <laughs> Great. I'm here for so, it. So Victoria, this has nothing to do with anything that we talked about. And it's actually kind of funny today. When you were a child, who was your favorite cartoon character? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> this is, I like need a minute to think about that. I mean, there was, you know, a point where I was, I don't know, like Disney wise, like Donald Duck for whatever reason was my favorite. Oh, I remember But then Donald. I went through like all of the Disney movies and then like The Little Mermaid. I was all about that at one point. So mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that says about me. We'll have to kind of dig deep into that. It doesn't but, matter. <laughs> At the top of my head, I'm sure I maybe you could find something that's more meaningful, but yeah, that's, I don't know why that came out. So yes. Listen, I think it's always cool to kind of think about our childhood in those um, yeah. kind of fun ways. And my next question to you is, how have you been brave today? Well, well, here, I've, well I've been brave, I guess, even coming on this podcast, right? I mean, sometimes <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's stepping out of my comfort zone every time I, you know, I'm so grateful for the opportunity, but every, you know, every time you kind of, you're speaking on the platform, like I am not one, I did not grow up where I was like, oh, I like to be like, you know, it was never kind of out there like that in that way. Um, so I feel like it's, yeah, builds my resiliency and my strength and my speaking of skills and, and kind of putting myself out there to, to take all these opportunities. So there, being on this is, is one way I thought I was personally brave in some ways. Um, well, thank you for coming on. We truly appreciate we it. We are so excited that this is how you decided to be brave today. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I do, I also thank want you. to make another acknowledgement about your doctorate 
because I can't stop talking about your doctorate, (laughs) but not, I mean, I think it should, we want, I do want to acknowledge the fact that A, you are a woman, B, you just got a doctorate and C, you're a Latina woman with a doctorate. And I just did a little Google search and only 6% of women with PhDs are Latina. So congratulations. It's an amazing accomplishment. And I think, and I, I I want it to be acknowledged because it is a very big deal. So I want to acknowledge it one more time. No, no, I appreciate that. And that's statistic. Yeah. We have to get that statistic up, but I appreciate you it. Have yes, to get, do. yes, you do. But <laughs> I, you, are, you are absolutely right making that statistic. And that statistic was from 2017. But um, so I'm sure I'm sure there, there were a few more women that but it is right. such an accomplishment and it's just wonderful. So um, I'm just bringing that to the forefront. We are going to stop here. But Anisha. What are we doing? Still living in a pandemic. So we are staying safe. We are washing our hands. Yes, we are. And And we are wearing our damn mask. Wear the damn mask. (laughs) Just so now it's a federal mandate. So hey. (laughs) You know what? Thank you. 20, what has it been? 72 hours or something? Like just wear the damn thing. Oh, right. Now you have to. Shocking. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Wear it. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to stop here and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Be Real podcast. Stay connected to us and subscribe to Be Real wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are feeling it, how about a five-star review? If our conversation sparked a question, join us in the Be Real podcast Facebook group. We hope that you have walked away with some new insights, curiosities, and ideas to better help you on your journey to mental wellness and overall well-being. I encourage you to go to BeWellPsychotherapy.com and check out our services and programs. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com. Okay, we have to stop here, but I'll see you next week.